the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. First Timothy chapter 5, notice verse 17. The elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle the ox while he's threshing. And here's our verse. The laborer is worthy of his wages. Now, Paul speaks of double honor. Those who labor in the word and in doctrine are to receive double honor. Double honor speaks of generously paying those elders who work hard by investing their hours into studying and teaching God's Word. I mean, he means full-time pastors. Full-time pastors. They have no other source of income. So make sure they are properly cared for. Double honor means generously. I don't know of anyone who works harder than a good pastor. Many people work very hard, but pastors are right up there among those with the most dedication and usually the longest work weeks. So why do so many of them have to struggle financially serving in churches who seem to want to pay the pastor as little as they can and still keep him? Not talking about the big-time TV preachers who demand a new private jet every time the old one gets dirty. I'm talking about the ones driving 15-year-old cars with bald tires. The Bible has something to say about how we should treat our pastors, and that's where we find ourselves today on Verse by Verse. Welcome. Pastor Steve Kreloff is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve teaches expositorily. That's verse by verse, hence the name of this program. Eventually, he came to a passage that most pastors don't want to talk about since it can sound self-serving. But it's God's Word, so it has to be taught. In the first 10 verses of Galatians 6, Paul wrote about how spiritual people help each other and some of the ways we can do that. One way is to reward those who teach us. In verse 6, Paul said, The one who is taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. Now, Pastor Steve can't very well skip this verse and still be an expository preacher, can he? So let's hear how he deals with it. Now, frankly, this is an awkward thing, isn't it? This is an awkward verse and an awkward subject for me to teach on because It just sounds rather self-serving for me to tell you that you should be paying your pastor and other pastoral staff members fairly and even generously. So let me, at this point, give a disclaimer. I want you to know that what I'm about to say concerning a church's responsibility to care for their pastors, I am not saying with the motivation of gaining anything from you, getting a raise in salary, or getting anything from anyone This church does take care of my needs, and I am very content with what I have. And those of you who have sat under my teaching ministry for any length of time know that I hardly ever speak 
about money unless it shows up in the text of Scripture that we're studying. And I speak even less about money issues that pertain to paying a pastor unless it shows up in the text of Scripture that we are studying. Well, today is one of those days it has shown up. And so I'm going to teach what Scripture says about paying a pastor with the hope that you'll understand that my only motive is to be true to the Word of God, not to gain anything personally from anyone. This is one of those times that I could wish that I was a topical, not verse-by-verse Bible teacher. I would just skip this, this part. But I am committed to teaching the whole counsel of God, and this is part of it. And this is going to be very relevant. This is a important passage in in Scripture. This will be helpful for all of us because many Christians have no clue about this. And yet, as you'll see today, it's in the Word of God, but they have no clue about this. They have no clue about what they should do in terms of taking care of their pastor. Also, there are others in churches, whether it be this church or other churches too, who are on church boards, decision-making boards. And you need to know decision-making in terms of a pastor's salary and package, and you need to know what the scriptures say about paying a pastor. The Bible is not silent on this, and as we'll see today. And so we want to look at this verse and this passage and seek to understand three things about it. Number one, we want to understand what Paul is actually teaching us when he says that a church should be paying its pastor. What does he mean by what he says? Secondly, we want to understand why Paul is writing about this issue here in Galatians 6 and how it fits into the flow of a passage dealing with the marks of spirituality. Why does he bring this up at this point? Remember, Scripture is not thrown together randomly. There is a context. There is a progression of thought that builds upon the last thought. So how does this fit in with what Paul has been teaching about spirituality? Number three, we want to know how Paul's teaching about paying a pastor applies to us. How, how does it pertain to us? How is it relevant for us? So, first of all, let's consider what Paul is actually teaching here about paying a pastor. Well, in a nutshell, the apostle is saying that spiritual Christians are concerned with and sensitive to the needs of their pastor. And so they make sure that his material needs are taken care of. In other words, those who receive the spiritual riches of the word from their teachers are responsible to share their material riches with their teachers. Now, that's what Paul is saying. And it is important for us to note how Paul describes a pastor in this verse. He refers to him as the one who teaches. Now, that's significant because the particular Greek word that he uses for teaching is is the word from which we get our English word catechism. It's actually katecheo. We get our word catechism from this. Catechism has to do with oral instruction in biblical truth, verbal oral instruction in biblical truth. So Paul's point is to say that this is a job description of a passage. From Paul, Paul's view of a pastor is that he verbally, orally teaches his people the word of God. That's what a pastor does. He is a teacher of the scriptures. He is not a religious salesman who tries to promote his ministry and increase church attendance. Nor is he a business administrator trying to run the church in a way that will increase funds. Nor is he an entertainer trying to attract visitors by amusing them with his interesting stories on Sunday mornings. Paul says that a pastor is a teacher of the Word of God. 
that is the biblical job description of a pastor. He instructs his local congregation in the precepts of Scripture. And it is important for all of us to understand then what this means because what it entails is this. And what it, what it involves is that the work of teaching the church and doing it right involves hours of study and sermon preparation and, and time put into this. And that's even before doing the actual work of getting up and teaching, which is exhausting in and of itself. As my dear friend Jack Jenkins says, I've heard him say this often, that sermons don't just float down from heaven. They take work. It's almost like giving birth to something. You, you work on this. And so Paul is saying that it is the church's responsibility to make sure that their pastor, who puts in hours of work and sermon preparation and teaches them, is sufficiently paid for all of his work. Here's the way one minister explained it. He wrote, this is a full-time job, which brings us to what the church has to share with its minister, all good things. This refers to all kinds of goods, but especially the material support that someone needs to survive and thrive. Teaching the Bible is the minister's livelihood, so he should be paid generously for what he does. The reason this kind of Sharing is necessary is very simple. As Martin Luther explained, it is impossible for one man that one man should be devoted to household duties day and night for his support and at the same time pay attention to the study of the sacred scripture as the teaching ministry requires. Preparing to preach if it is to be done well is costly labor. Therefore, a minister must be free to spend his time preparing to teach God's word. It is much easier for him to throw himself into this work when he is not distracted by financial concerns. End of quote. Now, it's interesting that in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, the Apostle Paul said that he made it his policy, his own personal policy, to offer the gospel without any charge, meaning that, that Paul chose not to receive any money for his own ministry. Instead, he supported himself by doing the work of his trade. He was by trade a tent maker. That's how Paul support himself. But the reason that the apostle did this was that in the infancy stages of Christianity, when people really didn't understand what this gospel message is, Paul didn't want anyone misunderstanding his ministry, thinking that he was like one of those pagan priests of his day who always charged fees for their services. These men had dollar signs in their eyes. Paul didn't want the gospel to be associated with that. However, Though Paul refused to take money for his own ministry, that was not the principle that he laid down for other pastors and teachers of the word. Instead, he taught Christians and local congregations that they were obligated to financially support their pastors. And folks, it is throughout the New Testament. So let me just share with you a few places that address this issue. For example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Verses 11 and 14, here's what the apostles said. If we sowed spiritual things in you, is it too much if we reap material things from you? So also the Lord directed those who proclaim the gospel to get their living from the gospel. In other words, he's saying ministers sow spiritual things as they, as they teach spiritual truths, as they teach their people God's word, and they reap material things as their people care for them materially. This is the way that God has ordained that those who preach the gospel are to live by 
the gospel. This is the way God has ordained it, that if you are full-time in the ministry of the gospel, that is your livelihood, and God's people are to care for you. Another passage of Scripture that is vitally important on this subject is in Luke chapter 10. Jesus is sending his disciples out into the neighboring towns and villages, and he makes it clear he instructs them not to carry a money bag, which means don't carry any money with you. Now, that's, a, that's an odd thing to do. When we go on trips, we, we all take money with us. But Jesus said, don't take any money with you. Why? Because these men needed to learn an important lesson, needed to learn to trust him to provide for their physical needs. Eventually, he would not be around them physically. And they needed to learn that they could depend upon him to provide for all of their material needs. And the lesson was this. They needed to learn that the way that he would meet their needs was through the people that they ministered to. That's really the point of him saying this. The people you minister to, they are to provide for you. That's how I will meet your needs. And that's why in verse 7 of Luke chapter 10, Jesus said these now well-known verses. He said, the laborer is worthy of his wages. In other words, those who labor in teaching and ministering God's word are to be given wages for their work. By whom? by those who have received their ministry. That's what he's saying. That is to say, God meets the needs of ministers through his people, the ones who have been ministered to. Now, many years later, the Apostle Paul taught this very same principle when he instructed Timothy and the church at Ephesus, that's where Timothy was stationed at the time, to make sure that their elders, meaning their pastors, who labored in teaching and in doctrine, were properly being compensated for their work. And therefore, they were free to study and minister to the Ephesians without being distracted by outside employment. Let's look at what he said. First Timothy, chapter 5. Very important passage. First Timothy, chapter 5. Notice verse 17. The elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle the ox while he's threshing. And here's our verse. The laborer is worthy of his wages. Now, Paul speaks of double honor. Those who labor in the word and in doctrine are to receive double honor. Double honor speaks of generously paying those elders who work hard by investing their hours into studying and teaching God's word. I mean, he means full-time pastors. Full-time pastors. They have no other source of income. So make sure they are properly cared for. Double honor means generously. So now that we understand what Paul meant by verse 6, the one who was taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him, we need to know why Paul would say this. Why bring this up in a passage where he's been addressing the marks of spirituality. Well, I think there's an obvious reason for this. Very obvious. Paul wants the Galatians to understand that when a Christian is spiritual, he is not cheap. He's not stingy. But rather, he's generous. He's thoughtful of others. He's attentive to their needs. He's liberal in his giving. In other words, a believer who is under the control of the Holy Spirit will be selfless in sharing his material blessings with others, and that includes making sure his pastors are properly cared for. You see, by by his very nature, 
Our Lord Jesus is generous. He's a giver, not a taker. By his very nature, Jesus is thoughtful and generous. And so one of the character qualities of those who are under the Holy Spirit's control is generosity. Paul could have easily said the fruit of the Spirit is being generous. It fits in with that. Let me just show you how generous the Lord is. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, notice verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, meaning in in glory, he was rich as he existed in the form of God. Yet for your sake, he became poor, meaning he became a man. He came to, to earth. For your sake, he became poor. Why? So that you, through his poverty, might become rich. He's talking about being spiritually rich. The Lord is not miserly. He gives us all things of of his riches. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He'll supply all of your needs because he owns everything. So you don't have to worry. He's generous. Ephesians 1.3 says that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. God is generous. And I want you to see an important verse. For two verses, actually. 1 Timothy chapter 6. This will balance things out. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Instruct those who are rich in this present world. Notice Paul does not condemn those who are wealthy. He just says instruct them who are rich in this present world not to be conceited. Don't be arrogant. Don't boast about your riches as if you were the ones who pulled this off. God is the one who supplied for you. But he says, instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who, notice this, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. He's not just talking about spiritual riches. Here he's talking about material riches as well. And then verse 18, instruct them to do good. Instruct the rich to do good, he's saying and to be rich in good works, and to be generous and ready to share. Remember, our God is generous, ready to share, and he instructs us to be like that. It was Jesus who said it is more blessed to give than to receive. So spiritual believers, like their Lord, are selfless givers. They are generous in their giving, thoughtful, attentive, to the needs of others. Now, it may very well be that the Galatians were guilty of not being thoughtful, of not being generous. For all we know, they were pouring their money into helping the false teachers, the Judaizers, and neglecting the true teachers. We don't know this for sure. We're not certain. But it may very well be the case. And if that is true, then Paul's admonishment here in Galatians 6 to meet their teachers' financial and material needs is most appropriate. In fact, It's interesting, and it's rather curious that Paul's statement about caring for the needs of their teachers immediately, notice this, immediately follows his statement in verse 5 about each one will bear his own load. Now, I say it's curious because the positioning of these verses, one right after the other, makes it appear very possible that some in the Galatian churches were already, and Paul knew this, already insensitive to the needs of their pastors, and that the apostle knew that they would have been only too happy to misapply this principle of each person bearing his own load, 
by concluding that some of their pastors were not bearing their own loads financially. In other words, some of the Galatians may have thought that their teachers were freeloading off of the church and needed to go out and get a real job like everybody else. Sort of reminds me of the time years ago that a neighbor said to me, Ben and I were working in the, in the yard, and when the guy found out I was a minister and it was my day off, he said, oh, I thought you guys only work one day a week on Sundays. He was very serious. And I think that's, the, that's what many people think. So it could be that the Galatians sort of had this, this view, look, he's a freeloader. If we're going to bear our own burdens, then go get, a, go get a real job like the rest of us. And if that's what they were thinking, then Paul may very well be saying to them, spiritual believers don't think like that. They appreciate the ministry of the word. It's precious to them, and they take care of their ministers. Those who are spiritual are generous, thoughtful, sensitive to meet people's needs. They love to share material blessings with them, and that includes their ministers. Listen, before we were converted, we were all consumed with ourselves. When you get converted, one of the marks of being converted is you think about others, and that carries over financially. Now, we have no way of knowing for certain if the members of these Galatian churches had a problem with being generous with their pastors. We don't know that, but it is certainly true that there are many Christians and many churches today who are extremely insensitive to their pastor and his financial needs by being overly frugal when it comes to paying him a fair salary. Here's what one Bible teacher had to say about this. He wrote, when it comes to finances, it is easy for churches to abuse their ministers. Some people use the purse strings to control the minister in the church. What he means by that is that they use their money to control what he teaches and what he doesn't teach. The writer goes on to say, others try to sanctify their minister by keeping him in a state of relative poverty. What he means by this is that there are some churches who think it's their responsibility to keep their pastors very poor so that he might be humble. They've taken it upon themselves that that's their ministry to him. Listen, I have known of churches that have treated their pastor horribly. Horribly. I have a friend in the ministry who pastored not one but several churches that were absolutely, and I, and I use this term, I believe properly, abusive in what they paid him and the limited time off they gave him for vacation and the demands and expectations they put upon him. And you know what? They didn't seem to care. They didn't seem to care that they put he and his family under a constant financial strain. Didn't seem to matter to them. They thought that this was good, that this was right. That's how you treat a pastor. I've known of another church whose pastor was hurting financially. I know he was hurting financially because he told me this. But instead of increasing his salary, and the church had the money to do this, they were looking for a missionary overseas to invest the money in. I'm all for supporting missionaries. I'm all for that, but it is appalling, horrible, when the man who feeds you the word of God week after week is hurting financially and you're looking to put money into somebody else's ministry. Shame on them for doing that. It's really sad, isn't it? I heard about one pastor who never prepared during the week, and on Sunday morning, he'd sit on the platform while the church was singing the hymns, desperately praying, Lord, give me your message. Lord, give me your message. Well, one Sunday, while desperately praying for God's message, he heard the Lord say, Ralph, here's my message. You're lazy. (laughs) Happily, very few pastors are really like that. They work hard. But some churches pay their pastor as if he really is lazy. 
The Bible says that we need to share all good things with the ones who teach us. Thanks for tuning in today to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you'd like to visit Lakeside, the address is 1893 Sunset Point Road. And the phone number is 727-441-1714 if you need directions. Or better yet, visit the website, lakesidechapel.com. There's a map to Lakeside, as well as lots of other helpful information. If First by Verse is blessing you and you'd like to help support this ministry, the number I just gave is one way to do that. Once more, it's 727-441-1714. You can also give safely and easily through the giving page at firstbyverseradio.org. Besides the giving page, there's also a message archive page where you can stream or download any of our previous broadcasts that interest you. That's versebyverseradio.org. This is Jerry Peterson. There are countless jokes about tightwads. If you're as old as I am, you'll remember that comedian Jack Benny made a living with cheapskate gags. He was hilarious. And that's fine when it's just comedy shtick, but when a church board treats their pastor like that, it's not one bit funny. Join us next time on Verse by Verse as Pastor Steve shares some of the consequences that can result from shortchanging our pastors. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's Verse Faith Talk 570. W. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.